Well, happy Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a little late for that. Uh, that's that's uh, the uh, the holiday greeting I'm sticking to. It's the one I actually mean. You just use that year round. Yeah. So what do what do people respond with you generally in the like let's say April to July time frame? You know, it's it's the Christmas creep. It's coming early. <laughs> right. <laughs> me and yes. me and Walmart were making it happen. You know, I'm I'm un- we were talked a little bit about this before we started recording. I'm I'm unclear on what the right amount of time is to continue wishing people a new a happy new year. I, I heard this a bunch today at work. None and of I it. was you know I was looking at the calendar and I mean we're you know seven days into the new year. I'm thinking I, I don't know when like when does that stop? It should just never start. Well, no, I think I think saying happy new year is fine, especially because you know regardless of religion or background, like everybody kind of just celebrates the new year. So it's a kind of a, you know, safe greeting. But do so people, I think it's fine. I mean, other than just like maybe perhaps staying up on New Year's Eve or having a New Year's party, I think that's kind of the cutoff. 2 a.m. on New Year's Day. Because I don't understand the sentiment. Like things, I don't know. The holidays, your your Christmases, your, your not Yamakas, sorry, your Hanukkahs, they, they all have their whole, like they have, they have a climax or like a, a peak. Whereas the New Year, just, it's another day. Well, it's a day off of work for many. Yeah, it's a it's a day full of football. Yeah, uh, full of college football, whatever. Uh, regular football too. Gross. No, no NFL games. I think if I am going to bandwagon football, the Cowboys had a pretty decent game. Oh, America's team. This, can I? I'm I'm sorry. Can we just have a brief tangent? I have no vested interest in football, so feel free. I don't. I honestly don't care. This is literally my nightmare scenario for the NFL. The 49ers, who are, of course, my favorite team, didn't make the playoffs. My least favorite team, the Seahawks, has arguably one of the easiest matchups in the history of the divisional round of the playoffs. They're they're playing a team which was sub-500 in the regular season at home. And then my second least favorite team, the Cowboys had this just ridiculous win this last weekend aided by some really crummy calls by the refs and just all kinds of shenanigans. That's just terrible. I I hate football. It's awful. Agreed, but for entirely different reasons. Okay, sorry. Thank you for letting me get that off my chest. Feel free. Um, Okay, so we we actually have some, some stuff planned uh, for the show, which is not um, not always the case. Sometimes we just, um, as you would say, freestyle the show. But we have a bit of a, a bit of a plan. So we have some regular sort of newsy stuff, and then then we have a, a special feature, I guess is what we'll call it, which we'll uh, we'll close the show out with, and that'll probably take most of the show, I'm guessing. Yeah, cool. <laughs> where do where do you want to begin? Oh, I mean, I fell asleep at the wheel. Don't get don't get too excited here. I'm excited to be disappointed about a laptop that doesn't actually exist yet. Oh, good, uh, good transition to start us off here. So I'm so sad and happy at the same time. It's it's been a really rough couple of days. Okay, well let's let's give the people some background. So yesterday, nine to five Mac purportedly got a scoop on the new 12 inch MacBook Air, um, and basically, I guess the way to describe this thing is similar, kind of in look to the current MacBook Air, but thinner, lighter, uh, obviously different screen size, um, redesigned keyboard, 
Um, and then the, the two, I guess, really noteworthy things are only a single input port. No, there's a headphone jack, but I don't really or don't really count that. Um, but there's instead of having like a MagSafe port and Thunderbolt and USB, this thing only has one USB C port, which I've actually never even heard of. Um. And apparently that's that's it. Um, and then the other the other thing that is referenced here is a higher resolution screen. They don't the article never says retina, which is kind of interesting. Just uses the phrase higher resolution display. But presumably this would be some some form of retina display. I would I would guess. Um, overall, it looks really looks really cool. Uh, it's got a good look to it. Um, this is something I am pretty excited about, but as you alluded to, you, for some reason, have some mixed feelings. And why is that? So it's tricky because I think we've established on this show before that I'm more of a power user, and also I only have one computer, or I only have one computer I actively use, which is my my laptop. So it does everything for me. And I don't know, it just really seems like it's not going to be the computer that can replace what I have now, even though I've continued to kind of like lust after the MacBook Air. Um, it's just never a computer I'm going to be able to use, which is just kind of a bummer because it's going to be an ultra portable, but it looks like it's they're going to make a lot, and I mean a lot of compromises to make it fit this new form factor, which is a bummer. Well, but I think even the, the current MacBook Air for users like yourself are, is not a viable primary machine. Not at all, but I had assumed that since the MacBook Air has been relatively unchanged for like the past couple of years, that they would work within the same like size constraints to use updated technology to make it kind of close the gap on the computer I have. Because I don't hear anybody saying my 13-inch MacBook Air is too big. I think it kind of is universally held up as the best possible form factor in terms of build quality and feel, weight, and everything. So I'd, I'd, I just really hoped that it kind of just, you know... the the 15-inch Retina MacBook Pro that I have from 2012 would kind of just shrink a little bit. Yeah, well, I think that's what isn't touched on at all in this article is that it's very likely, this is just me speculating, but I I think it's very likely that the introduction of this 12-inch MacBook Air would also be accompanied by revisions of perhaps both the current MacBook Airs and current MacBook Pros. I'm not necessarily sure that's the case. I, I don't know. But here, but here, no, I, sh- I shouldn't say maybe that's not true because Apple has proven that they are willing to just maintain tons and tons and tons of products without actually focusing or making any of them actually good. Oh, come now. D- do you want to argue that based on the number of iPads currently sold? <sighs> you know, I, 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 it, it, it's, it's strange because there's almost two different ways of looking at this applies somewhat to the MacBook Airs and MacBook Pros, but definitely to the iPads where you kind of have these families of products. So focusing on the iPads, there's the iPad mini, and then there's basically the full-size iPad. There's really two different screen sizes. That's sort of the two families. But then, you know, within each of those families, that's where it gets kind of crazy in terms of do you want cellular or not? What storage size do you want? What color do you want? What uh, generation of product do you want? Um, 
And again, the, and I, the generation of products that they keep around is merely so they can have multiple things at different price points so that there's a product for everybody. Whether or not they should eat, they're in the business of selling a iPad with an A5 processor that can barely run iOS 8 properly. Uh, I don't know. I, I think for most people, when you get down into the details of should you get an iPad Mini 2 or 3 or an iPad Air or an iPad Air 2, that, that type of stuff for a majority of users isn't really going to make or break their experience. They're still going to enjoy I think it will. whatever product they get so long as they ultimately like the you know like the screen size they chose that's really the the big decision so you think somebody buying an ipad mini one is happy well they don't they don't sell the mini one anymore they do, do. They? oh they yeah oh, you're oh you're right they that's do. what i'm saying that's a product that just literally is too slow to run so therefore well, a lot of people for, to you to you to anybody well i i see i don't i don't agree with that the ipad mini runs the the ipad mini has the insides of an ipad 2 it has the insides of an iPhone 4S. See, I think you and you and I have higher standards. I I don't I don't think you can make the generalization that something like that wouldn't work for anybody. I can. Like <laughs> well, if it was no okay, if, then. no, but no, what I'm saying is if it was still on iOS six, totally. But iOS eight, it runs so slow, like it's ridiculous. Well, you know what though? Again, like I I know quite a few people who when they're using an older generation iPhone, don't bat an eye at apps loading slightly slower or web pages loading slightly slower. These are just things that a lot of people don't think about. Are we talking about iPhone 5 people or iPhone 4 people? I oh, refuse four, to believe four. any, but no, not, not a chance. Yeah, absolutely. I know multiple people who still have either a 4 or a 4S. I can't say they're, you know, that they're not, it's not like they're... Th- thrilled with it but it's not like it's something that is a huge hindrance they're not sitting there constantly complaining about how slow their phone is don't get me wrong i i i understand what you're saying i just i just don't know if you can make the sweeping statement that you know an older generation product won't work for anybody but again it's a product that you're selling now like that they sold a whole bunch of during christmas and going forward it's a product they expect to be usable for two to three years. That's how I guess how I should frame it. It's a product that was new in, I think, like, what, 2011? That they're expecting to be a worthwhile computing product in 2016 or 17. Wait, I'm sorry. No, it's 2015 already. No, in 2017 or 18. I, I don't, I'm not really sure it's fair to have an, an exact expectation for how long any sort of piece of electronic equipment is going to run to a reasonable standard. Let's talk about your grandma. So which iPad does she have? Because you said her iPad is actually, for her, it's a very good computing device. Like she uses it more than anything else. So this is actually not going to be a good example because she (laughs) just purchased an iPad Air 2 over the holidays. Because the other one's probably too slow. Couldn't FaceTime with her grandkids. No, actually it was mostly because I had brought my iPad mini uh, down for Thanksgiving. And she had enjoyed the slimmer form factor and higher resolution screen. Oh, so screen quality all of a sudden matters. The iPad Mini has a non-retina display. Yeah, well, but but again, I mean, one one person and one example does not necessarily indicate what is right for. But your, thousands, but your if grandmother not is of other not people. a cutting edge power user. 
is, I guess, not. my example. Yes, but, you know, to someone like her, the screen quality did end up being important. But, again, that's that's not going to be the case for everybody. I, You know what? I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to say, and I should have just started the whole argument with this, is that I don't think giving people these types of choices is a bad thing. I think these are the kind of choices that Dell gives people. Hmm. Anyway, somehow this was this stemmed from a conversation yeah. about a reported leak of a MacBook. I was just wondering how how we got to this point. I don't remember. So anyway, so my main concern is that it's it's I'm not sure who this computer's for. Again, it's it's not even to to clarify, it's not a product that's actually out. It's a leak. It looks like a very compelling leak. Yeah, I but... would, I'd be pretty surprised if this isn't the real deal. Yeah, but overall, I just I am very worried of the whole. It, uh, so one of the key things is that it is apparently a one port computer, meaning one port for charging, one port for um, expansion and peripherals and that kind of stuff. So you know, so one one thought on that, real quick, and just to get our you know John Gruber mention out of the way here, he he brought up the really good point that the whole idea behind MagSafe is this push around. You know, if, if you trip over your cord or your cord gets quickly pulled from the computer, how you don't really have to worry about that at all. And that's been a, you know, a pretty big selling point for Macs ever since the first MagSafe was introduced. It seems, seems very strange to all of a sudden not have that anymore. It certainly does. And I'd also be really, really pissed if I had to replace like the five different MagSafe adapters I have around the apartment to work on this new funky laptop. Yeah, the the one the one thing that does seem suspect, and I, I get the impression from uh, Gruber's reaction over the last couple of days. This is kind of his major point of suspicion as well is the idea that this is only going to have one port. Like that seems ridiculous. You're charging your iPhone and you can do literally nothing else. Yeah, I my guess is that this thing will end up coming out with a MagSafe adapter and then one of these USB Type C adapters or ports i don't i i mentioned earlier i don't i had never even heard of a usb type c are you are you familiar with like what this is like why how is it different than usb 3.0 it's the the connector size so is this like usb 4.0 no that that would be like a like a like a connection standard this is just a different port like i don't know like had did have you ever used like firewire peripherals in your past yes you know how they had the big plug that kind of looked like usb and then Sony always had their own that looked really, really tiny. Yes. So it's the same thing. Those were the exact same like connectivity standard. It was just a different plug, but same throughput and everything else. So this is this is just a USB 3.0 port with a different size? To my knowledge. Okay. Just because like they're also making USB 3 that um is like lightning in the sense that it is um reversible in terms of like what's up and down. Well, that's 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 my understanding is that Type C. That's what this is. Yeah. So I mean, it's again. I, I'm just bummed because I I feel like I'm never going to be able to get a lighter laptop. Not, yeah. not to be really selfish about this, but well, I don't know. Again, I think the the one port thing is suspect, and then we also mentioned earlier about how this article never uses the term retina. That part I think is actually credible. Uh, I don't... Hmm. Because here's the thing, like, this laptop looks like it's going to be full of compromises. And I think going with, uh, with like, they'd probably say higher resolution, 
I don't think it can power retina because of all the thinness or the thin, the, the efforts they do to make it thin. <laughs> um, I've only had one glass of wine. Um, and uh, like it being a fanless design. And usually when they make computers like this, like the, the 11 inch air, they use like super low clock speed and kind of like down market, um, like core i3 processors. So I honestly just don't think it can push the pixels needed. Like like my Retina Macro Pro has like a really fast quad core processor and like discrete Nvidia graphics, and it still struggles on Retina. I I think I think those are totally fair points. I think the flip side of it though is that it just doesn't feel right that Apple would release a new family of products or a new type of product that's not Retina. I mean, I I totally get that. Well, the Apple they, Watch they've is made. Retina? Well, come come on, you know what I mean. What do you mean? That's a new. That's a new class. It's the most intimate, intimate product they've ever made. Has any has anybody actually done the the measurements? Is is it actually with the resolutions on that small of a screen? Is it actually Retina? I, don't I know. really don't think it is. Well, anyway, like it's it, honestly gonna be like a two forty by like one eighty eight display on the small one. It's gonna look really shitty. Okay, so I'll I'll I'll, I'll rephrase this to appease you here. I just I seems really unintuitive that besides a small wearable that Apple would come out with a new type of product that doesn't have a retina display. That just doesn't that doesn't seem right to me. I would agree, but I don't put put anything past this new uh, sloppy Apple. Oh, again, again a very nice transition. This is a well-oiled machine. You you are coming out firing in the new year. I am. So okay, so you, you you lead with this one. What what are you talking about here? Okay, so I believe on Monday it was uh, Marco Arment, who I guess with people who follow what we talk about would probably know him most from Instapaper, but he also was one of the early employees of Tumblr, um, and now he's just kind of a general podcaster and technology guy. Uh, he made a post saying that Apple has lost what he calls the functional high ground, uh, meaning Apple stuff like. In 2006 and 2008, kind of, you know, the whole era where a lot of people switched over and there were the uh, get a Mac ads with John Hodgman and stuff. Like you could very confidently and honestly say Apple stuff works better. And for the most part, their little tagline of it just works is kind of true or mostly true. Whereas in recent years, if we're being honest with ourselves as people who use and buy Apple software and technology, and this is mainly referring to software, that is not the case anymore where Apple has become more of a marketing cycle oriented company where they're churning out too much software and trying to cram in too many features rather than working to find polish and just rock solid computing ideas. So the two, the two thoughts that I have about this are one is I'm actually not, I'm not super qualified to speak to, the long-term trend of Apple, just given the fact that my first MacBook purchase wasn't until 2009. And I still, to this day, actually run a Windows computer as my primary computer, mostly because of work. So I, I feel like I, I'm coming from a position where I can't necessarily speak to this idea that kind of over the course of the last, let's say, decade or, or so, that Apple has slowly declined in terms of software quality. I, I don't think we're really saying the last decade or so. I think we're really saying kind of maybe 2011 and on. 
He didn't specify exact dates, but that's where I'm going to peg it at. Okay. Well, even so, again, the Mac has not really been my primary machine. So I feel a little underqualified. I know, I know, I know. Um, But actually, the the main point that I took away from this article is, and what really just irritates me about the article is Marco doesn't give a single example of, to support his argument. He doesn't he doesn't cite one specific thing in either OS 10 or iOS. iOS which 7. Which he No, he doesn't but he doesn't say that in his article. He It wasn't an in-depth article, takes the, but it, he, it goes well, on. No, but here's the here's the thing though. This it, it's a perfect example of what's wrong with so much junk that's out on the internet where you can come out with this bold proclamation it's very easy to, you know, get that word out through, you know, blogs or whatever. And, you know, people latch onto it and spread it around, even though when you look at the substance of it, there's nothing there. I absolutely think there is. And I think it, unfortunately What's what's in that article that supports his thesis? So his thesis is that the quality of Mac software has degraded over the course of some number of years. Yes. But he doesn't give a single example to support that. Because the examples are obvious. No, that's the okay. Try telling, try telling a professor, or try telling anyone who is reviewing some of your work. Nobody that said this was the this basis was a for your paper. This is not a case study. This is not a forty-page. Like, it's it's speaking to an. It was meant to speak to an audience of tech of like technically oriented people who use the software every day and share the same sentiment. Like you, you. Uh, let's talk about OS. Uh, let's talk about messages on OS ten. Up until ten point ten, and partially. Well, but that's 10. the thing; 10. it works great now. It didn't for a while, but now for it two does. Years. Yes, but now it does work really well. Okay, so you're saying that it's okay to release software that works really poorly for two years? That's what no. Microsoft does. Like it's like in iOS seven, like straight up for six months. Remember when your phone just rebooted all the time, like for no reason? You just get that black Apple logo. I, I try not to remember. But, like, if we're being serious, do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, I, I do remember that. There were six months until 7.1 came out, and it still wasn't completely fixed. Like, iOS like iOS 7 was just kind of like a bad year. It took until iOS 8 for it to get better. Is that acceptable? Well, so, let, okay, well, let, let me ask you this. So, the impression that I get, so if we, if we go back kind of further with Apple, um, like, the first version of... OS 10, or as you know, we've repeatedly said on the show, as you say, OS X wasn't. I mean, the, the impression I get is that that version was was not very good. And as a matter of fact, I think 10.1 was free, right? Because yes, 10.0 but but, was so but bad. OS 10.10 was it 10. wasn't 0, that. I mean, hmm? or sorry, that. 10.0. Yeah, 10.0 was mainly like a a, a very very extended developer preview. They, it was not expected for mass adoption in the sense that Apple actually well, they charged sh- for it, didn't they? Hmm? No. 10.0 was free? I believe it was like $30 and or free. Oh, okay. Like, uh, like even to the point where Apple on all new, like after OS 10 came out, all new devices shipped with OS 9 installed to the point where they assumed people were going to use that instead. Like it, OS 10 was a very, very forward thinking operating system. That was built on solid software, but it took a, like actually a couple of years for the hardware to catch up for it to be a really good usable experience. But that didn't mean the software didn't work. Like I think so much of like 
so do you think iCloud is well developed, well explained to the point where most people know what it does and can trust it? I can only speak to a very small part of iCloud because the only part I really use it for is syncing my calendar, contacts, and a limited amount of information through apps. Like it syncs, I think, the marker in uh, TweetBot. Okay, so I don't want to say this in an insulting way, but is it because you don't really understand or trust the rest of the features? Because it's probably part of that. No, Do you I understand think... how PhotoStream works? No, but I don't really have any desire to use it either. Because it's not solving a compelling problem for you and or you don't trust it. It's No, it's not at all that I don't. I mean, I, I, I trust anything really to do with iCloud. It's just I don't. PhotoStream in particular, I don't have a use for. And same with like document storage. I use, you know, I use Dropbox for that. Okay, but but document storage. Do you know where your documents in iCloud go? No, but I've I've also never made the effort of even looking at it. So, okay, if if you did, you wouldn't, or you wouldn't know, because <laughs> again, like all of these. Like everybody always says, like Apple isn't good at web services, but that's Apple is becoming not great at software either. So I guess you know, I guess my earlier point, just to close that out, is that I wish, in some, especially for someone like Marco, who's for better or worse, sort of in a position of being a voice in in this you know in this space. I wish his article, if he's if he's going to come out and make such a kind of bold claim it would have the type of support that you've been providing for the last couple of minutes. That's kind of all I'm asking for. I guess my, my point, my point is that any, like, I guess it's, it's, it's tougher because like, I, I think mo like the majority of my complaints come from being an OS 10 user. Like I, like I use a Mac like day in and day out. I, I, I don't use iOS as my primary, primary computing devices. Like it's my primary messaging device, but I, I use my Mac for everything. So whenever they release shoddy software, it hits closer to home. And like in another example, and again, I think these are things that Marco assumed people would be thinking about, and they, it would just instantly come to mind. But like you know, when they released the new version of iWork, mm -hmm. you know how because I wrote documents in college in two thousand seven, those don't open anymore. Hmm. I cannot open a Pages Await document. Period. I have to go and install a second version of iWork, iWork oh nine if I ever want to access those documents again. That seems strange. On what planet is that acceptable? If Microsoft released Office 2015 and said, oh, stuff made in Office <laughs> 2007 or earlier, all your Excel sheets with with old stuff you need that you need for an audit, off. would that ever fly? No. I don't think that's that's never happened with Office, right? Mic for all of Microsoft's faults, they don't break backwards compatibility for anything. Like I bet in you know in the latest version of Office, you could probably open something that was made in like Word ninety five, right? I'm absolutely sure. Yeah, and it, and like all the formatting and everything would probably just be correct. Of course. Now, yeah. uh, probably supports Wingdings too. <laughs> do you remember that? I do. Okay, just making sure. I'm... It took me just a half beat to remember, but yeah, because that was a Windows like three dot one it, thing. And yeah. I wasn't sure if you were a computer guy back then. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't know. Like, a lot of people got on board, like, at Windows 95 and stuff. No, 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 no. We were pre-UI. Oh, uh, run stuff, uh, having to launch games in DOS. So I um, I've actually learned how to spell using DOS. 
What what app? Or sorry, what 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 program from the floppy disk? Actually, it wasn't really like specific apps. It was just the, all the commands. Because <laughs> I we you know we got our first computer when I was like three or four. Same, yeah. So, like I would you know I would learn how to spell run, you know, and <laughs> like you know just like real stop and like real basic commands. But you know this is stuff that I didn't really know before. Yeah. So anyway, like. <sighs> I agree a lot with this article. I think like Marco tends to like if you listen to, to the Accidental Tech podcast, like he's somebody who, um, for like I I enjoy what he writes and what he what he says, but I think sometimes he will um, make statements with too much confidence, and like not not arrogantly, but he'll he'll make sweeping generalizations at times. Well, that's exactly what I'm talking about here. But I think the problem is that this one's true. Because well, then then provide the evidence to support it. That's I think what I'm it was more for. of an off the cuff article. I don't like I his blog. I assume is meant to reach a much smaller audience than it got picked up as. So that, I okay, I don't that, think that you could have, be true. That could be true. You don't have to write for the worst case scenario where some random like Joe on the internet is reading your website. You you assume that your audience is developers or like power users. So and again, I think it's kind of true, like. Okay, so let me ask you. Do you think there needs to be a new version of OS X every year? Um, hmm. Like, what is happening in desktop operating systems where that's necessary? It's not. Yeah, I, I guess I, I guess I would agree with that more on the desktop side. And also, like, if we're being honest, does it need to happen on mobile devices? Not necessarily, because the thing. Yeah, I, I think it does. So what? What? Do you think that should be the case? Like, so we, new iPhones come out almost every September, and that's generally when new iOS releases come out. If the uh, like, if iPhone 6s or iPhone 7 comes out, but iOS 9 is maybe not fully baked, and they have to consider releasing something that's of iOS 7.0 level of stability, do you think they should ship a iPhone 7 that has? iOS 8.2 on it or iOS 9 that's kind of shitty. I I I I don't think either is acceptable. I think they have, they have to, to do come one. out they have no, to do one. I no, I I don't know. That's the, I think a company of Apple's No, software is not something where you just throw more people at it and it gets better. Software needs direction and it needs polish. Yeah, not it it's not I'm sure it's not just the sheer number of people, I'm sure it's the quality of those people as well. Do, do you honestly think Apple doesn't already have their best people working on it? I, I'm sure I, I'm sure they do. And I'm 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 not a software developer, so I don't want to pretend like I am. But no, I, I think in in the in the hyper competitive space they're in with smartphones, it is not it is not acceptable to not have a significant new version of your software to accompany your new hardware. That's just that's just not that's not going to fly, and it's also but that's not, not the okay. case with Android. Uh, most of the time, like when... the Samsung's comfortable releasing a, a new flagship phone with an operating system that's two releases old. They don't care. Well, but it, that's that's a bad example though because the it's so heavily skinned. Like they they come out with the new new version of their UI basically every major Galaxy release, right? Maybe the underlying version of Android is the same, but the crap they're putting on top of it's all different you mean touch whiz whatever yeah hmm. so to the user it, it basically looks like a new operating system okay. i mean whether the underlying parts are new or not that's that's not really relevant okay 
So again, like closing arguments, or, or you do, you don't think that Apple has a quality control problem with software, or or said differently that they are releasing software too quickly, where the level of polish they used to have or should be expected to have is present. I don't think. Um, I, again, I, I don't. I don't really. I don't really think I, I can speak too generally on this, just given that I'm a little bit more of a limited user, especially compared to someone like you. Or just say iOS. But, you, but okay, just with iOS, I would say that I would certainly concede that iOS 7 was, was rough. And that was a, a very different experience, different in a bad way, than basically every other major version of iOS that had come before it. It was less stable. It, in a lot of ways, was just less intuitive. It just, there was a lot of things about it that were just not up to Apple's standard. But I think that was sort of born out of a really weird set of circumstances with Forstall leaving and with them, you know, making the very rash decision that they just absolutely needed to bring this new version of iOS out come hell or high water at WWDC. Wait, I'm sorry, but does June. that not speak to you're making well, but I my think point. It's, no, 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 no. But the, the this is all leading... You're saying the software was rushed. No, no, no. This is leading to me saying that I think that iOS 7, which is probably the best example of this whole idea, is, is more of a one-off thing. And that I don't mm. think it's necessarily a trend. Because I think that iOS 8 has been fantastic. I've had no no qualms with it at all. So... Because to me, well, to the... me, I think I, I see I see like iOS seven as being kind of a a, a blip, kind of a, a you know, kind of a quick low point. But I don't I don't see it as the be all end all to a larger trend. Okay, but can I can I say that's because iOS eight is iOS seven. iOS eight is iOS seven with quality control. Right, and that and that's every other version of iOS previous was basically just that too. It was the previous no, version of iOS with quality control? No, well, iOS six and was. iOS five were rock solid. Yeah, but they weren't. They I mean they weren't really that different from each other. They added new features. One added iCloud. One got completely untethered from iTunes. Yeah, but it, I mean, this is iterative stuff. This is not a complete kind of redesign. But again, like it wasn't. It wasn't was. a redesign. Like uh, like the springboard and like you, like the launcher like or what the home screen whatever you call it is the exact same. They just put a fresh coat of paint on it. Like the only uh, fundamental okay. changes about the iPhone user experience were notification uh, notification center, which I think was available in iOS six, and then control center. I okay. Well, I'll I'll, I'll put this all a different way. I'm still very very happy with both the Mac Mini, which is running Yosemite that you know we use for the show. And then my iPhone 6, which is by far and away, a thousand times over, my most important uh, gadget. And they're, they're, both, they're both great. I still enjoy them immensely. And I can't say that I'm any less happy or any um, more concerned about the quality of the software than I was with even like my very first iPhone. I wish I could feel the same. I can see there have been some bumps along the road, but I I don't think that day-to-day I have a lot of complaints about where Apple is. Okay. I'll, 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 I think I have made my point. Yes. Yes, you have. <sighs> um, did we have – do we have anything else before, before the big one? Um, let me, let me scroll. There's, there's CS, but no, – Nobody cares. I guess the one the one thing I'll say on CES, which is what I shared with you uh, in Slack earlier this week, is 
and this is not anything particular to this year necessarily, it just for some reason has stood out to me more this year, is I just I think what makes following CES really frustrating is that it's it's almost impossible to separate real tangible products which are actually going to be made available, you know, to the consumer because I mean this is the consumer electronic show versus products or concepts which either are never even intended to come out to the public or are a you know large number of years away. It's frequently not made clear what you're even looking at. Like I th- I think I think CES would be so much more interesting if one of the requirements of being an exhibitor on the show floor was that whatever you were demoing had to be made available to the end user or to the consumer within I'd say 2 years. I th- that would be that would be such a more interesting show, I think. Yeah, but uh, it, it makes me it's tough for me to care. I think there's I think there's a, absolutely a time and a place to show off kind of, you know, pie in the sky concepts. I th- I think a lot of that stuff is really cool. I just think that you should separate that out from actual products. I think having almost like two separate shows would be way more interesting than just having this hodgepodge mess where you don't even know what you're looking at. And it's, you know, it's even worse is that companies are frequently very cagey. Like they won't even, they, like if you, if you ask like, Hey, like, like, what is this coming out? Like, what is like, they're like, well, you know, we don't know. It's like, what? Like, what, what is that? Yeah. I, I've never cared. I guess my biggest count or my, my only point here would be that it, in, for most people that I've read, the MacBook Air 12-inch leak has been dramatically more interesting <laughs> than right. anything that's come out of CES. M- MG Sigler had a really good tweet, I think it was yesterday, where he showed a, a screenshot of TechMeme, and the top four or five headlines had nothing to do with CES. Because who cares? Right. All right. The uh, only... Any, uh, go ahead. Yeah, anything else? No, no anything. Please, please. Uh, I scrolled back. uh, uh Controlling your car with a Samsung tablet, boo. Um, you you had a, a, a related to that. You had a brief blurb on um, what appears to be some frustration you're having with the the Spotify app and your uh, your fancy BMW. No, it's it's just broken, and I I I think I have to sign up for RDO again. That's it. Just uh, just so it just doesn't just doesn't work. Or what's going on? No, it works. It's just it it doesn't like the majority of the time to the point where I don't feel safe driving and using it. So that, that's basically <laughs> it. So either I have to like create really small playlists or I just can't navigate it. Mm. So that's it. I'm. Uh, it's just, it's insane. So I have to find a way to either disable it or I have to sign back up for RDO. So is the RDO integration was pretty good? No, it just RDO has no integration. So I can just use it like an app. Oh, uh, so with with Spotify, there's not an option to just use it as a regular app. No, it's just like Pandora, where it like locks out the entire application, so you either navigate through the car or you don't use it. Yeah, but don't you have you don't have an option in your car just to have your USB basically just be like a audio input? I would have to use the headphone jack. Mm. It tries to be it tries to be too smart, and it's annoying. So the difference with Sync in my car is that. I can have something like Pandora hooked up via USB and still control it on my phone. Like the whole app link thing is like a separate mode in sync, but I don't necessarily have to go into that mode in order to use something like Pandora. No, that of, that of course is the like recommended way that Ford would like me to do it. But 
Yeah, once it's plugged into the car's USB port, it like reads like the type of oh. cards connected to, and then it just puts it in that preferred it. mode, and it's just a pile of junk. Got it. So, yeah, that anyway. that's that's crappy. Yeah, I gotta find a workaround or something because it's it's ridiculous. Seems like yeah, it seems like you ought to be able to like Google search something where you could use a BMW connected app, but not in the connected mode. Yeah. I mean the head the headphone jack idea is not an awful awful idea. Yes, it is. It's yeah, it's pretty bad. But... Well, actually, what I could do is I could just do Bluetooth audio. Yeah, but that doesn't sound that doesn't it sound. It doesn't. Very good. No, and then there's a lot of lag when you're using the steering wheel controls. Anyway. Bluetooth Bluetooth headphones, I think, have come a long way, but I still think Bluetooth audio in your car doesn't sound very good. Well, it's just because like I don't care about a little bit of loss in audio quality when I'm using my uh, Beats while running, and they still sound very good. But in the car where you have like decent speakers, it's it doesn't sound good. Yeah, you really hear the compression. Right. Yeah. Uh, and the only other thing that I saw that was kind of interesting, which I think will kind of lead into our other topic, is I'd mentioned um, which applications are we using on iOS to replace the stock apps. Oh, that's right. I remember you brought that up. But I think this will kind of uh, perhaps link into what will our, our kind of a. Uh, uh, favorites and least favorites or whatever we're calling well, this let, yeah let's see let's see how much we cover with this next topic and then if we feel like we haven't covered it enough maybe that's something we can come back to like next week or something okay sure thing okay so so what we thought would be this is that we'll give you know credit where credit is due this was this was your idea so which which you. i stole from jason snell on, <laughs> on his uh, upgrade podcast yes. which is a very good show i i haven't i haven't listened to it but i, I very much enjoy jason snell so i should check that out yeah um, so we thought, you know, we, we just started the new year, but we thought it would be a good idea to, to look back on 2014. We didn't, we didn't really do that. Our last, um, episode, uh, last year, we were, we were a little sporadic again. This was my fault, a little sporadic on our recording at the, in December, but we'll, you know, we'll be back on track now. Um, but anyway, we, now we can kind of take a step back and before we, dive fully into 2015 we can look a little bit back on 2014 and the way we're going to do that is we've got a handful of topics here kind of categories i guess is the better word for it and we've come up with the kind of the best of that category in 2014 and the worst and so the i guess you know, should we should list off the categories to start here uh, sure but also i want to clarify that i had meant uh just positive things yeah, and that's, then, that's and no you, fun. And then you tweaked it into including a worst for everything. Yeah, that's a, the, the, this focusing on all the best stuff. That's that's boring. The, the the listeners the listeners come in for the the the, the debate between us. Okay, so I'll I'll run through it. So uh, we're looking at uh, our favorite apps, uh, particularly on iOS devices, because I don't think you have an Android phone. Uh, best game, uh, and that I assume includes consoles and iOS. Mm -hmm. um, kind of your favorite hardware purchase. And again, it has to be something that you actually yourself um, bought. Yes. It can't be uh, just like, this looks like crap and I didn't buy it. <laughs> right. The, the, the Samsung Galaxy Gear. Um, or that, what's, what's that Samsung phone that's got like the curved edge? <laughs> the, the Galaxy Note 4 Edge. Yeah. I played with, today, I played with it today and it has a ruler on the side. Oh, good. That's helpful. Like legitimately the screen turns into a ruler. <laughs> so stupid. Um, okay, so favorite hardware purchase um, and also least favorite. Um, kind of what we think are the cool trends that happened uh, in 2014 and perhaps uh, going looking forward to 2015. 
uh, most interesting news story, favorite television show and movie that we watched, and kind of our uh, favorite experience or uh, cool thing we did last year. Yeah, we didn't, and we didn't define. So when you 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 proposed experience as being a category, you didn't actually define what you meant. So it's going to be interesting to see what what I put versus what you put, because we we should say that neither of us has seen what the other wrote down for all these. But so. also, we should clarify that I don't do interesting things. So <laughs> that's not true. I don't do uh, out, not outlandish, but I, I can already I can already tell that the way that I interpreted experience is not the same way you did. But we'll we'll save that. For <laughs> what does that mean? We'll save that for later. Uh, okay. Um, all right. So you you start with your favorite app. Okay. So my my favorite app is Fantastical Two yes. for iOS. Um, it it is it is a it's just a wonderful calendar app, and I I'm actually not really the type who gets very excited about calendar apps mostly because i feel like even without a calendar i i generally have a pretty good idea of my schedule i mean i've gotten to the point where especially with meetings at work where having an actual calendar has become somewhat required but in general i don't have too difficult of a time kind of just managing a schedule on my own but i think fantastical is just awesome the way it handles both calendar appointments and reminders seamlessly in a single app i really like um the natural language input works, you know, pardon the pun, fantastically. Um, yeah, just a, a fantastic app. Really, really like it. Oh, great. I, I enjoy it a lot. Um, I like it a little less on iPad. I don't know. It just feels less useful to me. I like it better than the um, than the still the built-in uh, iOS uh, calendar app. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it's fantastic on the iPhone. Um, and I like how it integrates reminders into, even though I, I use OmniFocus for almost everything. Sometimes if there's something I absolutely must do, but it doesn't have like an appointment with it, I still use the built-in reminders app no matter how terrible it is. Um, cool. So my favorite uh, is 1Password. Mm, and even though that choice, didn't come yeah. out this year, uh, it, it got a couple it of basically, major tweaks. It basically did. So I believe 1Password 4, the most recent edition, came out this year or perhaps... And we're talking about 2014. Right. Uh, also, they did a big upgrade of a 1Password 5 for the Mac for Yosemite. Also, with the kind of uh, loosening of uh, developer restrictions with iOS 8, uh, they were enabled, They uh, brought in Touch ID support, which is uh, kind of life-changing. Um, and then 2014 was a big year of uh, like security breaches, which just kind of reinforces the importance of using 1Password and just kind of taking a closer look at security. So I think uh, 2014 was the year of 1Password. I mean, I guess the, the best way to summarize how much we like 1Password is we essentially decided to pay the extra $100 for an iPad Mini 3 instead of a 2 solely for using Touch ID with 1Password. I, th- I think if without 1Password, I probably would have gotten the Mini 2. Yeah, 1Password, it's just so good. Yeah, that's that's a that's a really good choice. And the thing is, it's... I, I just appreciate how well designed it is and how well it works. Like normally it's one or the other, but you don't choose with one password. It's just great. And you know what the other the other thing I really appreciate about one password is the cross platform functionality. So I use it on Windows as well. And it's it's great. Absolutely fantastic. And they've they've actually done a lot of really good work on the Windows version to make it um look and work a little bit more similar to the like OS ten version. That seems weird. 
it, it's it's a little weird, but it works in the context of one password. Gotcha. And the you know the browser plugins all work the same across different operating systems. So, and that's really where you're using it most of the time. Yeah, I'm too afraid to try it on my Android phone. I just feel like it's going to corrupt everything because it's Android. I no, I I used it on my Nexus Seven for a while. It was fine. I actually used it back when it was just read only mode on Android. That's how it started. Yeah, but I can't um, I can't go back to a non fingerprint device. I know. Yeah. Even yeah, I know entering my master password on my Windows laptop is ugh, the hassle. Yeah. And then my runner-up was Evernote, because I've gone kind of all in on that. And I enjoy mm. it, except for this work chat thing. <laughs> all right, so what's, what's your least favorite? Don't say worst, least. Okay, my, my least favorite app of 2014 is every iPhone 6 app that still isn't optimized for the iPhone 6. You can't just say a whole category of apps. Uh, it's, well, you know what? You didn't specify that, so I'm doing it. Right. I, I think it is infuriating that after four months of the iPhone 6 being available, major companies, apps, I'm including ESPN, LinkedIn, Pandora, um, what else here? Can we put in a qualifier? Uh, well, Routes, Routesy's not a big app, so I guess I can't pick on them too much. Uh, what, what's the qualifier? You were pissed off about this a week after the iPhone came out. So I was, No, I was. But I'm even more irritated now that after a number of months, there are a, literally an infinite number of small developers who have put in the work to make their app iPhone 6 optimized, including the aforementioned Fantastical. Yet these multi-million dollar corporations can't be bothered with updating their apps for iphone 6 it's, it's just it, it's just uh, it's baffles me i understand your pain yeah the biggest thing for me was uh good that uh gave uh release notes on a software update that said it was optimized for the six and six plus and it was a lie and it wasn't yeah you, uh, yahoo weather did that too they actually they actually do. They actually are now officially iPhone six optimized. That just happened a couple of weeks ago. But they had put out an update maybe two months after the iPhone six came out, where they're like, "Oh, we made optimizations for the iPhone six and six plus." But it 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 they they didn't really. It's so frustrating because text <laughs> looks so terrible. Yeah, and in an email application, that's kind of annoying. All right, and then mine. It's it's a simple one that I that I use a lot, which is um, makes it frustrating. Is Google Voice. So um, they released their their iOS app was last updated in 2012, and in in um, I think it was uh, July of this year they made their first update in like two years, and that was right before iOS eight came out and the iPhone six, and it's just a buggy piece of piece of crap, and it's just sad. Even the Google Authenticator app gets updated more frequently than that. Yeah, you still haven't tried Authy? No. Mm-hmm. Prettier. God, even the, the freaking Google Authenticator app is iPhone 6 optimized. Again, it shows six numbers. <laughs> what, what what code are they changing? But that oh, oh, that's that's my point, though. You don't like, think the Score Center app or the Sports Center app is slightly more complicated than that? So again, I I don't want to pretend to be a software developer, but it does seem like a huge point of emphasis that Apple had made is how easy it was. If Apple doesn't care about their own software, why should they? <sighs> Ah, uh, it's coming all back. Ugh. This is called continuity, and not and not the iOS feature that doesn't work. This is why we had to have a worst 
for each of these. It's so much more fun. No, the thing is, I don't think any of my other categories have a worst, except for the hardware purchase. I think that everything else is great. I have a worst for every category, so. Okay. All right, so let's let's talk about games. Yeah. So I, I took the console route, figuring that you wouldn't. So, yeah, yeah, I thought I thought I'd you know cover our bases there. Okay. So be, best console, best game well, on the console, uh, Call of Duty, surprisingly. Which this, one? It's called Advanced Warfare. It's the version of, uh, version that came out this year. Um, made a lot of people's top ten lists. A lot of the you know video game websites and and such. Great game, really really good version of Call of Duty. It's been in a bit of a rut the last couple of years, but uh, this year's version's a lot of fun. Uh, honorable, honorable mention would be Titanfall. I also really, really liked Titanfall. Yeah, sure. So, so what? What about them? What about it? Like, is it a great multiplayer? Is it just a great story? Like, what's what's the deal? Because those uh, those games on, from an outsider's perspective just all look the same. So that the majority of folks come to Call of Duty for the multiplayer. Um, I'm one of the few. There, there are there are some who who share this opinion, but it's definitely the minority. People who really enjoy the campaigns, because I I am actually kind of one of the types, the kind of guilty pleasure, I guess, of like I I kind of just enjoy like a mindless, um, linear single player campaign, especially because the the amount of time I can spend playing games is very limited. So I don't actually like to sit there and be frustrated like and get stuck in a game. Mm-hmm. And I also don't, I also don't want some open world game that's going to take me fifty hours to beat. The idea of having a pretty simple yet entertaining five to six hour straightforward campaign—that's to me, that's that's kind of perfect. So, and that's that's exactly what Call of Duty brings. Okay, cool. Um, and I have kind of a tie uh, between Threes and Monument Valley. Mm-hmm. Have you played either? Threes, yes. So Threes is a fantastic game that you can just pick up and go. And and it's very fun, and it's an extremely well designed. I think we've already talked about this on the show once. Uh, but it's extremely well designed, fun, and just a really, really awesome game that was to- totally worth the money. And then some little kid came in and knocked uh, knocked off the idea for their game. And have you ever heard of 2048? <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Like some some little, little shit. Uh, it totally <laughs> took off the, it, uh, ripped off the game idea, made it look way crappier. Like it, it's a really ugly game, but except they gave it away for free, and then threes probably didn't get the kind of the respect they deserved. But it, it's a fantastic game, and if anybody hasn't already bought it and played it, I strongly recommend it. That is actually another game where I saw in a lot of the top ten game lists of the year. Threes was actually on a pretty good number of those lists, so it, it, I think it did get its. Um, but I'm talking about money. It did get its due because I think well, there's a lot know. of things where people will say, uh, like, like especially like with TV and apps, there's people who will appreciate. A lot of things, but it won't necessarily get the popularity or attention it deserves from a mass audience. No. Yeah. Um, and then Mon- Monument Valley is is just outstanding. So if you haven't played it yet, it's it's not a very long game, uh, but it's an absolutely beautiful story. And not in like that it's super interesting. It's just like visually. It just looks – it's amazing. Hmm. Super, super enjoyed it. Uh, shared it with the lady. She really enjoyed it. Uh, it's very, very good. Yeah, I have it. I have it downloaded. I just haven't haven't played it yet. Yeah, only takes uh, if if you're smarter than me, it should only take about two hours. It took me like three. Okay. I got stuck a couple times. All right, what's your least favorite? So least favorite game, and this this was an easy one. Destiny. You heard about this? 
is is that the one that was from the new from the people who made Halo? It is Bungie. Yeah. Okay. Did they so also the, make Titanfall? No. Okay. So the 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 concept behind Destiny is sort of this first person shooter, but in a almost like massively multiplayer online setting, where you're not really up against hundreds and hundreds of players, but you share sort of this. Um, hub with lots of other players then you kind of split off and you you, you do quests in groups of three it, it game conceptually sounded really interesting and it, it was kind of cool taking the you know very mundane first person shooter idea and kind of branching it out into something other than something like a call of duty but the actual execution is just a disaster it's it's just a it's just a grind fest where you're just you're repeating the same missions over and over again. You're at the mercy of these random loot drops in order to get the right weapons that you need to level up. It's it's just it's just not very much fun. And it's just it's such a shame that they took this really great sounding idea and just didn't put it put it together the right way. I like that pick. Just because, uh, like, that goes to a key thing for me, which is, which is, gaming can't be work. Like, it has to. There still has to be fun in it. If it's tedious, it's just a waste. Exactly, and that's destiny. Destiny, in a lot of ways, Jeff feels like a job, which yeah. is weird. That's why I never understood those whole MMOs or the, yeah, yeah. Like appointment gaming's not fun. And it, it's it's crazy because a lot of people do get into that style of game. So that's you know that's a lot of the reason why Destiny. Um, in terms of like sales and actually still in terms of active users is still doing really, really well. But you'll also see that game on a lot of people's sort of, you know, most disappointing games of 2014 lists. So because... it just appeals to like a certain type of gamer. Is that it? Right. Yeah. Um, okay. And I guess for me, uh, I, I didn't really have one. I would just say uh, the Xbox One, even though I don't own it. Just based based on everything I've heard, I, I it feels weird because I've if I had to align myself with any type of game console sect, it would have been Xbox. But it's weird seeing how they took such a grand vision towards what their new console was going to be, and they didn't really even just like focus on just having a good gaming experience, and then they had to scale back the whole entire thing where it's just kind of a mess now. I actually I I thought about um doing as worse just saying new generation of consoles but i, I didn't want to use the whole general statement for too many of these but the thing is, isn't um, the, isn't the ps4 kind of like isn't it good at what it's supposed to be it's it's like i've heard that it's just like as a console for gamers it knows what it is and it's and it does it so here's the thing it it, it both both systems are actually fine like they they both work you know but whatever. microsoft tried to make like the, the xbox one be like it, they could tried to sell it as a tv box basically for a lot of people yeah but they, they've gotten away from that because they've been forced to because it was too expensive right but what's what's disappointing with these new consoles is that they just really aren't doing anything exciting in terms of gameplay particularly in terms of graphics you know, the, the trend was with the 360 and PS3, games didn't really look all that much better than the previous version right when those consoles first came out. But doesn't it take a year to, or two years to people like... So, that, so that's the thing, though. After a year, then games really did start looking miles better. And, you know, the example with the 360 was like Gears of War, which came out almost, I think, about exactly a year after the 360 came out. Well, that has was... it been a year yet? Yeah. It's been over a year. Hmm. 
Um, and what's, what's disappointing is that games just don't really look a ton better than they did on the previous version. And what's really different about this generation than the last is, yeah, I mean, PC gaming or PC games rather always have looked better, but in the previous generation of consoles early in that generation, you really did still have to spend you know a decent amount of money on a PC to, to get, you know, 360 or PS3 level graphics or better. Now with this generation, you can go out and spend basically the same amount of money that you would, man, eh, a little, little bit more than you'd spend on one of these consoles and have games which look infinitely better than they do on the on these consoles and that's that's just that's disappointing so i guess i'm going to ask uh, have you played grand theft auto 5 not on so they they re-released it for the xbox one and playstation 4 what do you mean re-released um, they 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 released it i thought it was exclusive to those consoles no they came out on the 360 and playstation 3 oh okay never mind because my point was going to be i thought games like uh, Grand Theft Auto V, which were so like expansive and complex, were not possible on the older consoles. But there we go. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. So, have there been any games that are so like large or comp- uh, complex that they that they are only possible because of these new consoles, or not really? I mean, yeah, there have been some. Like the, the best example probably is a game. It's called um, Shadows of Mordor, Middle, Middle Earth Shadows of Mordor shadow of mordor yeah um <laughs> it it was a lot of people's game of the year for 2014 and it, it's it's an open world you know type of game but it has this nemesis system where essentially you have this hierarchy of enemies who all are you know they're, they're coming for you and it, there's this system where they're all kind of related and they're all struggling for power amongst each other and they all remember each time that they've battled with you and whether they won or lost and what the out, you know, kind of what the outcome was. And so it's a, it's a pretty complex system, obviously not in terms of like graphics, but more in terms of like backend AI type stuff. And that that same version of the game was released for the 360 and PlayStation three. And it, it didn't have that nemesis system. So, you know, there, there are some things that these new consoles are doing that the previous version didn't, but I guess the best way to summarize all this is that the leap from the original Xbox and PlayStation 2 to the 360 and PlayStation 3 was much, much bigger than the leap's been to this most recent generation. Gotcha. Okay. Um, So yeah, go ahead and talk about your favorite piece of hardware. Favorite piece of hardware? This was another really easy one. This is the PowerBeats 2 wireless headphones. These headphones are... Just fantastic. Went for a run this evening. Um, they they're they're amazing. They're by far and away the best best not only best like active headphones I've ever used, but just simply best headphones I've ever used. I think that's a little much. I I really do like my Bose QC15s, but um, because I would never use the Powerbeats. Like I think I honestly would rather use the Apple EarPods. If I'm just sitting with my laptop, yeah, I don't, I don't ever use them for anything besides when I'm like at the gym or running. So but... okay, so then they're not the best headphones you've ever used. Period. Well, I, I guess I got a little excited. But no, I mean they are the by far the best workout headphones I've ever used. They're amazing. I I, I was so upset when you were so right. <laughs> I 
Like, no, just because it wasn't even close. Because I always thought Beats were just overpriced. Like, I know, like, that's the knock people always gave bows, but they're genuinely better. They are. I mean, you know, these are not cheap, and they're, they were $200. Um, well, I mean, like, mo- most wireless headphones are at least 100 That's and true. And they just stink. Right. Yeah, so great job. So uh, where'd you where'd you pick up on them first, or where'd you hear about them? Just uh, Amazon reviews or uh, and Gadget. They oh. they did they did a preview, and I I think I had mentioned this on the show. There was just something about them when I saw them. It just like they just looked they looked nice. They looked like comfortable. I, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I I could just like kind of picture them fitting well. Yeah. Um. And I, I I was resistant to the the idea just because I had never really had good experience with Beats in the past, but I was so sick and tired of researching Bluetooth headphones and trying different ones. I'm like, well, let's give this a try. Uh, for me, I have uh the team uh the TiVo Romeo Pro, oh uh, slash choice. slash the TiVo Mini. Yeah, good. So for me, uh, I had a uh five or six year old uh TiVo HD which I think was a re- released originally in 2008, uh, which was a dual-tuner uh, DVR. And then I upgraded to the Romeo Pro, which is so much faster. It's got that wonderful uh, RF remote. Um, it's got six tuners in it, so there's never a recording conflict ever. Um, it has kind of the built-in slingbox functionality, which is amazing, which w- was a hero during uh, the World Series. So w- w- what games were they on, like MLB Network? You couldn't stream them? Yeah, MLB Network. Um... Yeah, MLB Network did not have uh, streaming. Yeah, so it 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 paid off big time. It's a good solid DVR, and then the TiVo Mini is is a really weird and outstanding product. Like I I didn't even think of ever getting it, but there was some bundle deal where it only ended up being like fifty bucks with the Romeo Pro, and it creates a it emulates all the functions of your TiVo in another room. With no wires, just standard coax, and it's it's perfect. The bedroom where we never th- we thought we just had an Apple TV before. Now we can access all our recordings in case uh, the lady and I want to watch different stuff. It's it's fantastic. So it connects via coax. So there's a technology called Mocha M O C A. It's uh, like something something over coaxial, hmm. and it creates a high speed Ethernet network over coax. Crazy. So if it's it. If I had a big house, um, it would be a whole home uh, DVR with no cables whatsoever. Because hmm. t- previously, TiVo let you do like uh, beaming between boxes, but you had to download the show first, and it did it over Wi-Fi, and it was slow and crappy. Yeah, yeah. And, and so th- this, the, so this, like basically just grabs onto like one of the tuners. Exactly. So it reserves a tuner. You can watch and record uh, live TV. Um, it uh, caches. Uh, there's zero lag and fast forwarding or doing any of that. You can do video on demand the same way you would on the actual TiVo box. So, I mean, it's crappy, but only because Comcast video on demand is crappy. Ugh. The same f***ing four ads. Ugh, oh, did God. you? So again, I, I think I told you this, but I was, I was catching up on an old season of White Collar, which is a, a, a very, very mediocre show, but it's good mindless entertainment. <laughs> um, but the same f***ing Microsoft Surface Pro ad, every other commercial break the worst oh it's it's bad yeah. i have a, i have a problem too with accessing the on-demand service from my tivo it only works maybe 75 percent of the time other like other 25 percent, i just get like this random error no i get mine it always says something uh like yeah it shows you like a host name for comcast and basically I have to like restart the box 
it's it's terrible. But I I don't think that's a TiVo issue. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say, and it's also one of those things where if you called Comcast, they would just say, "Well, use our DVR." <laughs> you know, I actually got an offer finally that I I could get their X One box without having to. So previously, I would have had to sign up for phone service too and do the triple play thing. Mm-hmm. But now I'm I I don't know if it's because I've been a Comcast customer for a certain period of time or something, but now I can get one of those X One boxes without signing up for phone. Yeah, but still, but I I wouldn't give up my TiVo. And also, the the amount of storage is really limited on those Comcast boxes. Yeah, I, I just I just don't see any reason why I would like that better than the TiVo. Yeah, three terabyte drive, so nice. Yeah, good choice. Yeah. Oh, okay. So next is um, worst hardware. Again, it has to be something you bought. Least favorite hardware. Yeah. Oh no! It, oh, it is. Please don't let it be the Jaybirds. No, I thought actually I actually thought about the Jaybirds, but I I, I didn't uh, didn't do that. Uh, the Kindle Voyage, and it's not not just because mine was defective, although that doesn't <laughs> help. That actually was not the reason why I chose it. Um, the reason was because I don't know it it was it was the device that made me realize that having a standalone e-reader was no longer a very good solution. Yeah, the idea of spending an extra almost $200, I think the Voyage actually was $200 even, um, on having a, a device that only does reading is just, is just not, is not the right approach. Um, so I, I guess it's more of just commentary on the fact that I just I think standalone e-readers are, for some, I think they're always going to be the right choice, but I think for an overwhelming majority, it's just not, not the way to go. Similar to how you just you really never would consider buying a standalone MP3 player anymore. This just seems kind of silly now. I mean, I'm sure there's some edge cases where for some people that's the right way to go, but um, for 90 plus percent of people, it it makes sense to just use your phone or like an iPod Touch or something. Yeah, I think uh, another example: somebody who was who's buying a point and shoot camera. Like, oh, it's, it's a great example. Like, what, yeah. what are you doing with your life? Exactly. Um, yeah, good point. Uh, and then for me, uh, iPad Mini. Oh, oh, that's okay. it. I, I'm 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 so done with it. I, I well, okay. Is it is this because of all the technical issues you've had, or do you just fundamentally not like the product? Both. Yeah, I guess it'd be hard. Be hard with with this bad of a situation I can't, I can't you've separate had. The two. Can't separate it. Yeah, yeah. So I guess for me, I, whenever I don't have a tablet, I really want a tablet. Whenever I do have one. I couldn't give two shits. You, you always want what you don't have, Carlos. Yes, and and like I still use it because I, I mean I there's certain like uh, Kindle books are better on it. Uh, I enjoy using it for recipes when when cooking and stuff. It's better if I'm trying to watch video on demand or something, um, and I don't want to use a laptop. But that's few and far between. Um, it's just I wish it was an inch bigger, and I wish the screen quality didn't stink. Hmm. Like you had an, do you, did you ever have your iPad Mini and the iPad Air at the same time? Yes. You didn't find any difference in the screen quality. So I'll, I'll one up you. So I mentioned earlier in the show that my my grandma got an iPad Air two, which is the first time I've actually seen the Air two in person. Mm-hmm. And you know they made a big deal about the whole new laminated screen and everything, similar to the iPhone six. It on the iPhone six it, it makes a dramatic difference, but for some reason on the iPad Air two it doesn't. I was really surprised. I had my mini right next to it, and 
but the, I was but, like, the oh. but the vibrancy of the colors, everything looks washed out on the mini. I, see, I don't. Maybe you got a bad screen too. No, I, I don't. I've I've had two of them, <laughs> um, and no, I compared. I've, I I see many uh, iPads, and the minis always have like shitty screens. I like see. The, I, the reds are not vibrant. Everything looks washed out, and I don't like it. You know that you know how picky I am about screens. And no, like I, the clarity is great. It's just the color reproduction is awful. It's way better on the on the ten inch ones. I see. I I don't I don't see that. Anyway, so the the mini I just kind of thumbs down. I, hmm. I, I'm not sure I'm gonna. I don't think I'll go tabletless again. But it's just a bummer. I don't know. I don't. Mm. I think we'll get it like a Nexus Nine or something. Oh God. I, I currently have a Samsung Galaxy Tab S 10 point whatever it's called. So it rolls right off the tongue. <laughs> and it is amazing hardware. Samsung makes good stuff, but um, God, the software's so bad. Can you can you put like stock Android on that, or do you have to? Oh uh... no, it's very touch wizzified. Um, <laughs> can you? I guess you have to like you could like sideload stock Android or something onto it. I'm sure it could be. If I, I think hack, they call it rooting or something. I don't know. Hack the hack the bootloader or whatever it is. These are made up words. No, I think that <laughs> I think no, I think I think that's true. I think the boot the bootloader is what I I don't know. Well, no, but it's not Samsung's fault. It's just that um, developers on Android, like I've always contended that they don't care. They treat Android as like a, a second, um, as like an afterthought. But my God, Android tablets. Yeah, every app is a pile of shit. Like <laughs> most of them do not support rotation. It just treats the tablet like like one gigantic portrait only phone, and it's the worst. Uh, there, there, there are one or two iPad apps that I've used which only work in landscape mode, mm-hmm. and it, it's it is infuriating. <laughs> like they shouldn't even allow apps to do that. You should have to have some portrait and some landscape mode. Yeah, and iWork 2014 should open up documents from 2008, but I, we don't I always agree. get what we want. <laughs> anyway, uh, so so iPad Mini, uh, okay. one and a half thumbs down. I I don't agree, but you've supported your argument well. Yeah. All right. Trend. Oh, I forgot to fill this one in. Whoops. Okay. Well, you can think about yours. So my, uh, best trend for me, th- this isn't necessarily something specific to 2014 but i felt like 2014 is where it really sort of hit me that this was the way i i was doing this is it's the idea of streaming basically all movies and tv shows um you know i i guess i canceled my disc-based netflix subscription maybe in like 2013 but i really am now fully to the point where anything that i'm not watching on cable i'm able to stream either through netflix you know as just part of my service or rent you know and pay for on itunes and with the apple tv that's a phenomenal experience so i feel like between a service like netflix and having the option to kind of pay as you go with something like itunes the whole streaming media thing is becoming real and not only is the selection good but you know or gotten to the point where it's you could basically have access to everything the quality is also fantastic. You know, I, I uh, over the over the break bought um, Star Wars on Blu-ray, and it looks looked really nice. It's the first Blu-ray I've watched in a little while, but I I was surprised at I really couldn't tell the difference between having a native Blu-ray versus the 1080p streaming stuff from iTunes, and that's again as somebody who is pretty particular about picture quality. 
particularly with like movies, that's pretty awesome. And I always kind of knew that was going to be the way things were, but it's happened much, much quicker than I ever would have guessed. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad it has. And again, you mean just getting content over the internet rather than physical media, not necessarily subscription-based stuff. Right. Okay, right. good. Yeah. All right, what's yours? I got nothing. <laughs> I wrote down wireless payments, which makes no sense. Uh, sure. I mean, I, I, yeah, sure. But it's not I, widespread it's a, at all. It's a new I, trend. I, again, that's the only thing. I, I can't wait until my phone's my only thing. Oh, hey, you and me both, man. But the thing is, my, like, I've, Apple Pay has slowed down for me. I haven't used it in like a month. I'm actually exactly the same way. I haven't used it in weeks. Like, I wish I could, but it's just, if Safeway took it, uh, I'd be racking up the, the points. <laughs> the Apple Pay points. <laughs> or, or no, or the, the, the Amex points. Or anyway. Um, yeah, that go, go, go for your worst. Cause... Uh, well, so this is actually something that we talked recently on the show about. Uh, it's shipping broken video games. Um, this is again, another one of those things that I'm not the first to put this on a kind of worst of 2014 list. I, I've seen this a few other places. Um, it, it's just, it's gotten to the point where it's, it's just not okay. And it'll be interesting to see over the next year if there's a correction or if this is just something we're going to see to continue happening. But when we talked about this last, weren't you taking the opposite position? No, no, no. I was, I could remember uh, you, you kept disagreeing with me. Because I kept citing that was my reason for not playing video games, that having to download like four-hour software updates just uh, to play well, I, th a game. I think I think what we were disagreeing on is that that doesn't that the fact that you have to download a day one patch and that kind of stuff that doesn't that doesn't really bother me like it bothers you. It's but that what it's is still broken after that, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's what's not okay. I mean, I I agree with you that it, it, you should still be to the point where you can just pop in the disc and go. That 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 is ideal, but. I've just kind of resigned myself to the fact that that's no longer the standard. But if I'm going to go through the trouble of downloading literally a 20 gigabyte patch, like in the case of the Halo Master Chief Collection, your game damn well better work. <laughs> and it, you know, the Halo, the Halo Master Chief, Master Chief Collection, even two months after release, which is where we're at now, is is still like on fire. Still doesn't work very well. Mm. Not okay. all right. Um, and mine was a late uh, 2014, uh, early 2015 trend. But um, this whole selfie stick thing, <laughs> this isn't a joke. No, no, I know. Like, I'm, these people need to stop. I see, um, you know, my, my typical run is out to the Golden Gate Bridge, and I, I, I see, especially on the weekends, a lot of people with the selfie sticks. I want to have a gigantic magnet. <laughs> like it somehow is attached to my car and just any like just drive by any place where there's a bunch of stupid tourists or or just like a bunch of narcissists and just just suck all the selfie sticks so the the real the really interesting examples that i i i for whatever reason it just seems like in the last couple of months i've seen this more is people who have the selfie stick but they're not only they're not just taking a picture they're actually taking video and they're talking to it's usually like their iphone that they have connected to it they're they're, like, are they're they, like are they facetiming with somebody or are they just that self-absorbed do they want to watch video of themselves narrating their own life so i haven't considered the possibility that some of these may be facetime calls which that would actually be okay no but, it's it's well, slightly better but it's not okay I don't know if you're if you're travel like if you're here in san francisco and you're facetiming with you know you're 
family maybe who's out of the country and you're like they've maybe they've never seen san francisco that would be maybe kind of cool um but i think what's going on here is a lot of these people are just like recording video and they're just like narrating as they're walking along and that that's crazy that doesn't make any sense to me yeah i just i i i'm very guilty of taking too many pictures or like not i i just i i'm getting annoyed with people of our generation who can't just like enjoy experiences like i understand taking like you know whatever you you snap a picture of your food or you take a picture with somebody but people who just can't stop like documenting the inane stuff they do i, I don't that that's what i guess i think the, the whole trend of millennial narcissism is what's bugging me yeah mm. God, you sound like sound like such an old guy Dude, our generation's the worst. <laughs> they are, and you know it. I like to think it's like the generation right, bef- like right underneath us. Our generation will never. We're the, the we're LA the Clippers. we're the last we're the last good one. Mm. <laughs> There's no Steve Ballmer of our generation by, uh, dancing to Fergie, buying buying the sports team. Uh, he should just buy the Lakers. If we ever get show notes, please put the link to that vine in the thingy. No, oh, uh, yeah, I would. Yeah. I like you said would as though it's not going to happen. Well, yeah, I I need to get around to the show notes. Okay. All right. Uh, new story. So new story. Yeah. So best new story. Uh, this was an easy one for me. The Apple Watch announcement. I'm especially now that it's actually 2015 and this thing is imminent. I'm super excited because I, you know, I actually thought about somehow trying to incorporate the Pebble into one of these categories, but it just didn't didn't really fit because it's been out for a while. I really, really, really like my Pebble a lot. And the idea that I'm soon going to have the Pebble, but a thousand times better, that's really exciting. I'm I'm really, really interested to see what the Apple Watch is going to do. Like, I I think in a lot of ways, maybe it's not going to be as dramatic, but in in some ways, I think this is a lot like the original iPhone, where it's going to come out, it's going to do some cool stuff, but we're going to look a couple of years later, and it's going to do way more stuff so the the potential i think is huge and that's exciting I, i'm concerned about the fact that this is recorded and i'll look bad later but <laughs> i i genuinely do think the apple watch is gonna kind of be a big letdown mm. first because of the battery life because regardless of however good they try to make it i think if we're being honest it will be a day and a half at most would you say Ooh. that's fair no, I, I think it, I think it's going to be a day at most. So, like the Pebble, at the very least, you get like a half to a full week out of it on a single charge. And I, I get, especially if I'm running regularly, I would I get maybe like three to four days. Okay, so if you forget to charge it one night, not a big deal, right? So, I don't think that's going to be the case with the Apple Watch. I I. It doesn't do enough as a standalone product. I think it's just a remote for your phone, which, frankly, is not good enough. I think the first gen will actually just be kind of disappointing. I've just been thinking about it practically, and I don't think it's going to be very good. I, you still think it's going to be earth-shattering? I mean, the only the be, the only way or the the best way I can describe this is that I I was really skeptical of the Pebble. I didn't I didn't buy a Pebble until. I think well over a year after it first came out. And 
I don't really know what made me decide to eventually do it. I think I, I think I was literally just in a Best Buy and saw one. I was like, well, okay, fine. Um, but having now used one, it it's just it's just awesome. Being able to just very quickly glance at your wrist at notifications is unbelievably useful. Do you think that's going to be enough for non techies to adopt it? I don't. I don't think that's enough, and I think it has to get wider adoption. I don't know. The only, the only, the only like um, thought I have on that is people really do notice my pebble, like friends, family, coworkers. Like people are always commenting on it, and when I kind of explain what it does, everybody's like, "Oh yeah, that actually that, that seems really useful." Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I the the really big interesting thing about Apple Watch is going to be what like what the upgrade path is. Because especially with these, you know, uh, was it steel, sterling silver and gold versions, like where we're talking potentially thousands of dollars, it's going to be interesting to see what they, what they do with that. Yeah. But I mean, we've, we've talked about that on the show, but yeah, well, we'll wait until, um, until, until March to be disappointed. Yeah. I say the story that came out today was what retail training sometime in February with the like early March release. Or mid March release, something like that. Yeah, I'm gonna buy it because I'm an idiot. But yeah, it's gonna be a big letdown. What if it's not even a day? Like that's the... I, I I wouldn't be shocked. See, that's unacceptable, even by like yeah. my standard. Because the thing is, like, <laughs> let's say I, I have an early day for work and I'm leaving at leaving the house at seven, and if like it's nine o'clock and it's dead, that's that's. Yeah. No. no. I I agree. I I I completely agree. I think the battery life stuff is uh I honestly I think the battery life is the reason why it didn't come out sooner. I think Apple would have loved to get this thing out for like the holiday season and I I'm I'd be willing to bet that battery life is a big reason why they didn't. Yeah. Like I I bet they're literally using every minute of every day until they actually have to put this thing into production trying to improve the battery life through software or hardware probably through both yeah anyway i i i hold some hope but i'm i'm a lot more pessimistic than i was before just when i think about it rationally i don't know okay but anyway we'll we'll see in two months yeah okay what's your what's your best news story all right uh every uber story that was negative Oh, that's awful. Sorry, wait, which one? Well, no, this that's awful because my worst story is all the Uber stuff. <laughs> How is it the worst? Well, it's the worst because it's the most frustrating. It's frustrating, but but it's accurate. I mean, it's it's the worst because it shouldn't be happening, and it is, and it's just awful. Uh, it was the highlight of my year. Like, if you ever need a clip show, like, if, if you're, let's say, like, one of us is ever sick for an extended period of time, feel free to just chain together all, all the Uber arguments. You'll, you'll have, like, four hours of stuff. You know, we're, I never would have guessed that over the course of our first 20-plus episodes that Uber would have been, like, the thread that connected all of them together. Cactus of society. <laughs> uh. All right. That's, that's that's really funny. That's yeah. That's my that's my worst. Is I let my literally put Uber shenanigans. <laughs> it's a such such a company with just unlimited potential, and they're not. I mean, they're not fully squandering. It's still a great service, but they're not doing themselves any favors. Anyway. 
Yeah. All right. Uber malfeasance. Good. <laughs> I think that's more accurate than shenanigans. Yeah. Okay. So do you have do you have a worse story? No, I think if we wanted to be honest about it, it's both. Yeah, it's, it's best it's and the worst. Best and worst. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Television. Uh, so my best television series I've watched this year is actually something I watched near the end of the year. It's called The League. Ugh. It's been out for a while. It's been there's like six seasons of it. Ugh. Um, I I I love it. I I think it, it's one of the funniest. It's probably at least in recent memory, it's probably the second funniest show I've watched behind Arrested Development. Well, maybe third behind Parks and Rec. I'd say like, yeah, I'd say Arrested Development, Parks and Rec, and then The League. It's really good. I like it a lot. Respectfully disagree. Yeah, that's fine. It's not for everybody. The, the type of humor is not for everybody, and obviously the kind of fantasy football angle. Even though you can certainly enjoy the show without having much knowledge of football, like that doesn't actually play a prominent role in either the plot or a lot of the jokes, but I mean, it helps if you know, but I, I agree that the type of humor is not for everybody. Just like I would say arrested development also not for everybody. I think arrested development is almost for everybody. Uh, see, I disagree. I, I, I can totally see how you could not be into arrested development. Yeah. Anyway. But I, I, I enjoy taco and I enjoy that guy's, uh, what's his name? The guy's wife. Oh, Jenny. Yeah. She's great. But I, but yeah. I, I hate Andre and I hate, uh, Ruxin. Oh, so you've seen this show? No, I watched two seasons of it. I just think oh, it's okay. dumb. Yeah, I, I mean, that's, again, I, I if some if somebody comes in and it's like, I think this humor's dumb. I'd be like, yeah, it's it's real dumb. Yeah, but I, I, I like dumb humor. So. I enjoyed like two out of. I enjoy the episode where what's his name buys a, a like a used cop car. <laughs> right, Pete. Yes, he's yeah. good too. He's good. Yeah, um, that's like the only episode I actually thought was funny. Yeah. Um. Cool. Uh, so for me, it was uh, it's not a show that came out this year. I don't believe so. Uh, but it's a show that I watched this year. Um, it's called, uh, it's more of like a miniseries, sort of. It's called Sherlock. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very much enjoyed it. It's uh, kind of, uh, they make, they're hour and a half episodes with no commercials. So they're kind of like little miniature movies. And there's nine of them. Three, three episode seasons. It's on Netflix for streaming in HD. Uh, I would strongly recommend it. I watched the first season. And I, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um. I. I. But I didn't. I. I've never watched the next two. I don't just it hasn't really. I don't know. Yeah. Next time you're sick, or also, and also the thing is, like again, it's an hour and a half. If you if you were gonna watch a movie, or if you were just gonna sit there and watch a couple episodes of like uh, some reruns or something, put it on. Very good. Um. Okay. Worst TV series. This, this is certainly not something that came out this year, but um, something that I, I think in 2014 was just unwatchable but was it was there the promise of it being good um well i mean yeah definitely okay saturday night live eh. i i i grew up really really enjoying snl um and enjoyed it right pretty much through like high school and you know college i just didn't really watch a lot of tv in general um but i i watched some episodes this year and oh it's it's rough. It's really rough. Not funny. Tries too hard. Like which one? It tries too hard. Just simply not funny. Like Weekend Update now is just like who's on it? I it's, I I couldn't even tell you. Like who's on it that we know? I like there's still somebody. Keenan Keenan's on it. He's the only one I could name. Mm. I, I'm not kidding. He's the he's the only actor I'd be able to name. And that guy, the guy from the really funny AT and T commercials with the little kids. He's on it. Too. Oh, 
Ah, that's, ah. He's not in it very much, though, from the episodes I've seen. Those are good ads. Those are really good ads. If only those ads were as funny as SNL. <laughs> or I guess I, I guess I should actually put that the other way. If SNL was only as funny as those ads. Anyway. Yeah. <sighs> so for worst, I don't have anything. Um, I would sort of put the newsroom on there, but not really. Yeah. Because but, it's, but it's, you love the newsroom. That's I, the problem. I, I am very much uh, a fan of Aaron Sorkin's nonsense. You can't. So have, have you finished it? Yeah. You you can't tell me that you didn't tear up a little bit in that that last episode. No, I didn't. Didn't. No, come now. You Which did. one? The 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 series finale. What part? I, just, I don't know. Just a lot of little moments throughout. Uh, like, are we talking about spoilers? It's it's still. I mean, Charlie's death is you know yeah. it's like that was like the whole Ryan Howard being on the show. Was he just he was, ba- was he was he was bad? Was he like just acting poorly, or was it just a really he, crappy I character? Think, I don't know what the deal is. I think he might have been acting poorly. He was he was really bad. That stood out to me too. But the whole like Charlie's death thing just seems like I, I was like really just like come on. At that yeah. point, I was just like, this is so dumb. And I and I like him. I I loved his, uh, Charlie's character the whole the whole series. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, it was fine. I enjoy hate watching it. But also, uh, part like my my runner up actually for uh, best uh, television series is uh, Sports Night, which apparently I watch every year. Yeah, so. you can't you can't pick that for twenty fourteen. Yeah, you can. Do you see that Sorkin says he's done with TV now? That's mm-hmm. what he says. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's too bad. He tried making the same show three times, so good on him. <laughs> and I watched yeah. all of them. So what does it say I know. about me? Now the West Wing is still my favorite TV series of all time. Hmm. It's the only TV series I've watched from start to finish twice. And never done that with Arrested Development or anything else? Well, probably nobody watched the third, uh, the fourth season twice. Yeah, I say not. <laughs> well, even the third season, too. I don't think, I don't think I've seen the third season twice. Eh, whole Mr. F thing. I've definitely seen the first two seasons multiple times. Yeah. But to, to just to go from episode one through the series finale, I've only done that with the, the West Wing twice. Well, good. Good yeah. job. Uh, movie. So we, you know, we both made the comment before we started recording that this was actually one of the harder categories to fill out, just because when I was like thinking back, I'm like, man, I didn't, I didn't really watch many movies this year. I don't know why. Just don't. I guess I could watch more like TV series than I used to. Just don't watch many TV or don't watch many movies anymore. Um, but be- best movie, uh, Interstellar. No, I don't think you saw this. No. But I'm I'm a really big Christopher Nolan fan, who is the director. Um, really enjoy Matthew McConaughey, who was the lead actor. Really like Anne Hathaway, who was the lead actress. And I'm a big sci-fi nerd, so I mean this this thing basically just had everything going for it. And it 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 wasn't the greatest movie of all time. I mean it, it had its flaws. It's it's slow. It's long. It's like two out two out like two hours and forty five minutes, I think. Um, but it's, it's really good and it, it has a really, really good payoff. So it is slow paced, but at least it, it builds to something which is really cool. So I liked it a lot. Saw it in IMAX too. So that, that was fun. It's a mo- movie that's, I think, best seen in kind of that big screen format. Gotcha. Um, I have, I have no input. I'm sorry. That's okay. Yeah. Um, is it out on DVD yet? Not yet. Uh, but it should be like in the next month or so, I would guess. Worth watching at home? Sure. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm not. I'm not one of those people. It's like, oh, you have to see it in the movie theater. Or you shouldn't even watch it. Like, I mean, it's better in IMAX because a lot of it was actually shot using IMAX cameras, so that was cool. But yeah, you, you'd enjoy it on Blu-ray at home. That's fine. A uh, quick side question: what, what is an IMAX camera? Does that just mean is that like a is that like the thing that happened before 4K or what? What about it makes so, it IMAX? So I so IMAX is a, like a standard, and it's it's um it's a larger format screen that like 100 plus movie theaters in the US have and there's some locations across the world too but if your if your film is not shot using an IMAX camera you're basically just taking the regular theatrical version and and blowing it up onto this bigger screen and it's actually letterboxed on the bigger screen so but again is it just a high resolution camera yeah so so it was well, it's a higher resolution camera and it's a different aspect ratio well you could always just crop something else but well, then that's what they do. So they, you know, it's letterboxed if you don't have a native IMAX film and the resolution's not as high. But if you have a movie or a scene which is shot using IMAX, it, you know, fills the whole screen and it's much higher resolution. Okay. But the cameras are very expensive and they're very, very bulky. So not, not many directors use them. Okay. They're difficult to work with. All right. Um, I do not watch many movies uh, the year they come out. Um, so my choice, uh, was one of the few movies I actually saw this year, which was Birdman. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. It was a very, very good movie. It's a little out there, so you have to really, um, kind of buy into the premise of it, but it was also stylistically very interesting because the whole entire movie is, um, is shot in a way where it's supposed to seem like it's one continuous, um, camera motion. Right. Yeah. So I very much enjoyed it. Strongly recommend it when it comes out on DVD. Don't wait for uh, the Netflix streaming in 2016. This it's uh, Michael Keaton. Uh, yeah, and Emma Stone's in it, and it's got uh, what's his name, uh, Edward Norton. It's got a ton oh, of great people in it. Good cast. Yeah, it's gotten some Oscar buzz. That's how I'd heard of it. Yeah, very good. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, worst movie. Worst movie is actually this was a really easy one for me. I couldn't remember if this came out in 2014. I think it did, but I, I, I saw it in 2014. Um, it's just called Jobs, which is the... Did you, Ash- you watched it? Yeah, I did. I watched I watched it on a plane. One of the flights out to New York I had this year, I decided to watch it. Um, it 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 is excruciatingly bad. And I, I'm actually a, generally a pretty big fan of Ashton Kutcher. I think, I think he's really good in most of what he does. And there are some people who just don't really like him in general, but I actually generally enjoy him. And he, to his credit, I think he actually did a pretty good like job in the role. But has jobs. Has jobs. But um, that movie is just, it, it's excruciating. It's, it, it is way too dramatic um it's a lot of really just weird over the top scenes with like you know this big orchestral music and you're just like what what is happening so i'm never gonna watch it but what was kind of the dramatic high point of the movie like what what generates the most tension (sighs) um i guess when when steve gets kicked out of apple Okay. Um, but even the very, the very, so it, the format of the movie is weird. So it, it opens with Steve 
giving the original iPod announcement. Um, and that that's also, and then it, then it like cuts back, and they they never like come back to the iPod. They never mention the iPod again. The rest of the movie, it's just weird. Hmm. Um, it doesn't get that far in the timeline, but that opening scene is also just, oh, it's just really really awful. It's 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 a it's a it's a bad movie. It kind of seemed like it would be. Yeah. Okay. I thought I, I thought I would at least find something that I liked from it, just because like you know I I'm interested in that history and all that. But I just oh, you've still just, never seen uh, Pirates of the Silicon Valley. I yeah I have go I, get it. I know I should. It watch it. Okay. okay. Uh, mine. It's not a prestigious movie at all. Uh, Despicable Me too. Oh, a lot of people like that movie. I haven't it, seen it. It was terrible. The first one was actually decent because you know how all uh, DreamWorks movies are kind of bad. They're kind of they're kind of like second tier Pixar movies. A third. They're... <laughs> What's second? It's not even like a triple A AAA baseball or, or whatever it is. It, it's <laughs> it's double, like double A. Yeah, it's it's like a, kind of a mediocre high school team. <laughs> but Despicable Me too. It like the lady and I watched it together, and we both kind of never worked up the courage to say this sucks, but we just sat through it. And like huh. just begrudgingly, and it was just really bad. Yeah, it got good reviews, and first one was decent. Liked it. Yeah, yeah, I I liked the first one. Yeah, D- do not waste the time on the second one. Interesting, I, I promise you. Okay, I okay. trust your I trust your opinion most of the time. Watch, just watch up for the fourth time and oh, get sad. Yeah, I, I can't watch that movie. It's so good. It's so sad. Only the first little bit, and then it's I've actually movie. only seen up once. You need to watch it again. I saw it in theaters, and it was just bone-crushingly sad. Uh, Doug is the best. No, it is It is a wonderful movie, but it ugh, can't watch it. Yeah. Do it again. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, <laughs> all right, apparently uh, I was not clear enough on the category. Uh, favorite experience. Generally meant, meant to suggest kind of favorite thing you did or, or some, something that you, you know, well, so I thought we were keeping this tech-centric, so that that's no. that's where I focused. Okay. I mean, best experience. Um, I, I'd have to think about that. No, no. Tell me what you were thinking, because this will be funnier. So, so the tech-focused answers that I have: best experience, Uber. Oh, you mean? Oh, oh, okay. And, and here, and here's what I here's what I mean about Uber. So I, yeah, Uber fanboy. Yeah, whatever, whatever. But here's the thing with Uber. It it is so refreshing that no matter where you are, no matter what time of day it is, no matter what's going on or what state of mind you're in, what does you that can, mean? Well, if you had a few adult beverages, you can very safely and efficiently get home. And before Uber, that was just simply not the case. Especially if you were out like on a night like New Year's. New Year's Eve is a great example where my first year in San Francisco. You know, I wanted to go out and see the city, and so we did, and it ended up being this whole nightmare because it was pouring down rain, everything was really crowded, we couldn't find a cab, uh, I think we ended up walking over two miles back to a friend's apartment, and it, it was awful, and that's kind of what it was like pre-Uber, where it, getting a cab was sort of just luck of the draw, it was a total crapshoot, and now having Uber always be available is it's just it's really great. It's like one of those things where when you start just using it regularly, you just you basically just take it for granted. It's just, it's just there. But if it were to all of a sudden go away, 
you would really, really notice it. For all of its faults at the kind of corporate level, it, fundamentally as a service, it is fantastic. It is in in some ways. Um, yeah, it, it's just a company that's run or that even even like Travis or it, it's uh, its CEO has said that its culture and its uh, kind of internal structure needs to grow up. But I think that kind of needs to start with him. But I think the service overall is great. The software is great. It's a company of people doing some really cool things. And again, like it's, yeah, just going into a strange city, like if you're traveling and just, it, it's a nice bit of familiarity. So very nice. Yep. All right. Mine, uh, I don't know. I, I actually, when I thought of the question, I actually couldn't think of anything good for it. So uh, I ended up saying, uh, watching uh, the Giants go to the World Series. Just from the entire, like, just a really wild and unpredictable ride from that wild card game. After having a, a really weird uh, kind of lumpy season yeah. with a big uh, dive in the middle. That's a, a really good choice. Yeah. Yeah. They beat a lot of fantastic teams, and it was a World Series that went seven games. It was exciting the whole entire time, and uh, Bumgarner got the recognition he deserved, yeah. and it was... Uh, good times and it was a good send-off uh for uh sandoval who's now a dirty red sock but you know what Whatever. <laughs> yeah i think games game seven of this world series is probably it's certainly in the top five most exciting sporting events i've ever watched yeah. it's staying um, on the dbr for a long time yeah it's, ugh, it's fantastic yeah yeah good choice all right and then worst experience so again that you know keeping this uh, tech centric the way i interpreted it uh ford sync um it it is just it's unbelievable how maddening ford sync is in my ford fiesta (laughs) like i i don't i i just i've i've tried and tried and tried to understand how how it works but it it will just randomly not play music or you know podcasts or whatever i'm trying to play from my iphone like I'll, I, I'm, I'm very careful about you know. Do I plug in the phone before I start the car? After I start the car? Do I turn the head unit on or like all these different things? And it just completely randomly will only work about half of the time. Have you ever thought the Fiesta is just mad that you didn't get my Ford Touch? Yes, that's probably what it is. Yeah, but I just wasn't willing to pay an extra like $200 a month for just for my Ford Touch. And it's also mad that it's called Fiesta. Ugh. I'm joking. Sorry. Ford, Ford Touch. This, or Ford Sync. Just, ugh. God. And, and again, you're still on board with uh with getting the Escape when it probably won't be uh, better. I start, well, I started looking at those Hyundai models that you were recommending, and I, I did confirm that it seems like starting with their 2016 models, that CarPlay is going to be standard across. They're nice cars. Yeah, they're okay. Um, there wasn't there wasn't one that blew me away. Yeah, for the competition, well, the escapes. I mean, it's a very nice car, but it's it's that's not going to blow you away either. Yeah, it's I don't it's, know. it's we'll, a nice, we'll reliable, sensible car. I'm starting to think though that I don't know. I don't car. I'm, I can't. I haven't decided yet if CarPlay is a must or not. I think it might be. I think it is. Just because pod, podcasts are going to get more important, and as are streaming services, so it has to be. And it like. I just like I yeah. It, CarPlay seems exactly what I want in my car. Yeah. All right, and then I I actually didn't have a worst one, so I'm gonna steal um, 
uh, your idea and turn this into a tech experience. I'm going to say worst experience, uh, user experience, is every website that doesn't allow you to paste into a credit card field. Mm. I don't know if you've ever experienced this. I've I've just I've had trouble where if it, if I do the autofill from one password, the website just didn't do some backend coding correctly, and so one password gets all confused. Like there are some websites where they literally use a bunch of JavaScript to make it so that you cannot paste right. into a field. Mm-hmm. Where I don't understand what they're protecting you from. <laughs> who knows? Like, if I'm using a stolen credit card, do you think the fact that I have to type it in is is some who is that helping or hurting? These are probably the same websites that limit the type of special characters you can have in your password. The the, the company I'm thinking of is Comcast, so can probably. <laughs> that's that's also I I hate that with passwords where. Either you're limited to the types of characters you can use, or you're limited to some very small number of characters. It's like, or it's like, are you intentionally trying to make my password bad? Like, I won't say, like, say who, because I don't want to get like hacked if this show ever somehow got popular. But there's a, a financial institution that I use that your password has to be between eight and eleven characters and no special characters. <laughs> exactly. Like that's that's wild. And then the reset option is is ridiculously simple. Like anyway, I won't say who it is, but no, yeah, that's 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 wild. Particularly for a banking institution. God. All right. That's crazy. Cool. So I think we'll save the, because uh, this is running really long, yeah. uh, we'll save the uh, stock iOS, iOS app replacements uh, for another show. Yeah. And this was good. I think we, maybe for 2015, we can think about doing things like this more often where we have like a, a feature. Yeah. That's what this one, this went really well, I think. Yeah. Thank you, Jason Snow. Yes. And also listen to his show, which had better recommendations and overall was way better than this. Uh, we're the uh, the double A of uh, podcasting. <laughs> which is the one where you have it? You have the ball and a stick. Um, uh, I, cricket? No, the the one where you you don't they don't even pitch to you. T ball? Yeah, that's what this is. Or this, we're the, the T ball of podcasting. Yes. yes. Or or we're, or we're Segway Polo. Oh, we're not that bad. All right. Let's wrap it up. Okay.